and welcome to the L&D Challenges podcast series. Adam here is your host, and today I'm joined by Anna Silva. Anna is the learning business partner at Continental Tires, where she supports the organization's learning strategy, develops training, and is passionate about creative problem solving in learning and development. Anna, it's a pleasure to have you join us today. Welcome. Thank you, Adam. Thank you so much for the invite. It's lovely being here. Fantastic. So where I like to start with these podcasts and this series in particular is just how to provide our listeners with a bit of context and background. So can you tell us a bit about what you're currently responsible for at Continental Tires? What is your, what is your role cover? Yeah, absolutely. My my journey at Continental has been, I think it's now almost four years, and I joined this learning role back in 2021. And at the time, I have to say, learning was just popping up. And this might seem a bit odd when we're talking about such a big company. It's not like learning was not existing. It was like the focus was on training. And I keep saying learning is so much more than training. So that's when I joined, when the, the, the organization was going through a transformation and learning was becoming more and more of a hot topic. So I, I was one of the first few, what we call learning business partners, which are essentially internal consultants for the business. And the way that we started was, first off, let's define what we understand about learning, what processes we need for learning, how do we develop a learning culture. So we just started off with a project that was running most of the year of 2021, and it was great to get the engagement, to get the word going about learning. And then 2022 and now 2023 it has been a lot of the focus on building our internal community working in a network and providing the platform kind of for people to connect to find opportunities for their own learning and development and to kind of get noticed as an own area so before learning was part of what we call talent management activities and it's now more perceived as its own activity Part of development for sure, but not exclusively for getting to the next step of your career, but can also be just for development in your own position or for learning any other competencies that might be relevant. So yeah, this is a bit how it started and what I do there. So I'm yeah a learning consultant for our sector tires. So I work together with the different business areas we have. And I'm mostly, I would say, driving our community internally within our learning counterparts, which is quite similar to also if we look at other things I've been doing with the L&D shakers. And so it's a lot of what we try to learn with communities, external communities. We are also trying to replicate that internally and make people look outside. Very cool. Let's dive into that because my first question is about what have you implemented recently that has impacted learner engagement? And I think the community that you've been talking about, I think that's a, that's a great place to start. So how did you, how did you come up with that idea? and you and the team and Mm -hmm. also how did you how did you implement it talk us through the steps you took to to build that out yeah so like i said we started with with a project right and we had a, a project team that was very engaged and after the project or as we were coming close it was very unclear what do we do next how do we keep this going because it was great to just have a place that people could bring their own ideas could share what would be the best approach to this and that or what are you doing be it in your location in your business and this is when kind of the network idea came up i didn't come up with it my my colleague did at the time 
And I had the experience of being already in other external networks like the L&D Shakers, the Offbeat community, for instance. And I was like, yeah, you know what? That actually really works. So yeah, I know already a couple of things from my external experience. So let's try to build that. So we did do that. So a bit more formally, of course, for being in, in such a company. So we got the management approval to do something like that. And then we just invited people. So what we have at the moment and we developed is like an internal community, say an internal website with a platform for communication as well. And we just invited and everything is out in the open. So all of our team meetings, say our network meetings are public and available to anyone in the organization that wants to join us whenever we're developing something as we, we have been doing already, like with some guidelines, with some different platforms, with library of curated resources. We just say, you know, we have this idea. We are going to work on it. Anyone wants to join us. And then a couple of people raise their hands and we build smaller working groups within the network. So this is a little bit how it works. Obviously, something we were not so aware at the beginning is that you really need to have kind of a strategy behind, like, what do you want to use the community for? Who will be driving it? Make sure it's not... That, that you don't have nothing happening for too long, you know, that there's always yeah. <laughs> different activities. So this is something we were not so aware of at the beginning, but it was a learning as we started. And to be honest, the results have been quite good because if we think when we first started, we had around about 35 people in, in our network and we now have over 100 people. I was actually just checking, it was 118 people in. Obviously not everyone is super active, that's normal, but at least we know that our message is getting to at least these people. So yeah, and, and then we also started a couple of activities internally to, yeah, to promote a bit more of this learning mindset and to bring this learning culture. So last year, for instance, we started a series of sessions with external experts, which is something that we were not so used to doing at Conti. But we just invited speakers within L&D and we called it Level Up. It's not the best name, I know now, but at the time it sounded really cool. Why is it not the best name? Just because there's so many things in L&D that are called Level Up. But we're now with it 100% and we just call it Level Up. So it's a session of, yeah, of info calls, workshops, depends really on who the speaker is. But we just have invited speakers talking about one topic, be it on their personal experience, how they're doing learning or on a specific framework, whatever it could be, how to define a learning strategy. So we started that last year. The feedback was really, really good. And then this year we're doing it again, a bit revisited. So this year we, we have longer sessions, but not so often and really dedicating time for a focus topic, last year was much more on how's Fujito doing things, how's IBM doing things, and now it's really more from a concept point of view. What can we learn from these people? How are they doing? What does the theory do says about this? What are the frameworks that you can use? So it's much more on that to make sure our L&D community at Continental is able to provide the best service when, when consulting their own business. Brilliant. I was going to ask that actually, and that's probably something we should have clarified up front. The the network was it isn't for end kind of 
end users at Continental. It is for people in learning and development, training, talent yes. development. So it's learning and development, teaching, learning and development. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This is right. kind of where I'm at. We also do some things with a different group or with a dedicated group for the end users. But what we figured out the end users actually struggle the most with, <laughs> let us not be surprised, is actually finding the right things right? Finding yeah. the right learnings for you. And this is something we have actually also been working on that is to have a one, let's call it like a one-stop shop for your learnings. Because I mean, we have a learning management system, I think organizations do have, and it can get a bit, a bit hectic. So we are trying to build this easier, seamless platform for our learners as well to access. But my main focus is within the sector role is really to support our L&D community. And these are not only our learning consultants, but also anyone taking a part in learning, be them trainers, leaders that are connected to learning deployment, like usually the HR community mostly. So that is the main focus, yes. Right. Very, very, very cool. So yeah, you're, uh, you're, uh, you're, th this community is an enablement community for, mm -hmm. for learning managers at Continental. Uh, yeah. Brilliant. And so just to, just ask a couple of, sorry, sorry to get into the weeds, but to ask a couple of technical questions, you're using like a, an online platform of some sort for the actual community area. Um, are you just mm -hmm. using Teams or something that you already have, or you, have you got something special set up there? Yeah, we didn't build anything really out of the blue. We we have Office 365, so we, we use those tools. So we made up a nice looking SharePoint, that is what we called kind of our website, and we use Teams to communicate. We've also set up a newsletter, again, using Office 365 tools. So yeah, we, we didn't really, I, and this is something I really strive for and that I'm always saying like you don't need to do something so out of the blue. Sometimes it's about the little things making the most of what you already have. And with that, you can have a already a good impact because sometimes I feel like we may be spending too much time planning and thinking about something. And then when you're actually going and implement, it's already like the need is already not there. So we just started, let's go with what we have. Let's do this. Feedback has been great and it works because people are already used to going into Teams. So if you just bring them another tool, then they wouldn't use. And this way it's already there as part of their working day. So they also keep an eye on our information and our communication. I'm an enormous fan of using existing technology yeah. or tools that people are already in because if you're if you're trying to take them off slack or off teams and onto some kind of new platform then you you instantly create unnecessary friction whereas like you say if everybody's on office 365 then sharepoint and the combination of sharepoint and teams is perfect really for, for anything like this so, yeah, so that's great absolutely. i did want to ask you a bit about communication because that kind of fits into mm -hmm. the engagement piece and obviously that's super important i think as any of us in learning and development know your your learning and development initiative is, is only as is it only works if people find out about it <laughs> and, and are made aware. So, so yeah, what kind of approach did you take? You mentioned a newsletter. Can you go into a bit more detail about how you like got this out to people? What were the strategies you used? Yeah, absolutely. So I have to say we are quite good at it because our head of learning also has background in communication. He's a communication specialist. So obviously this is something we always take into account when when developing something and when thinking about something is how do we communicate? How do we get to the right people? How do we make sure everyone is aware that this is happening? And 
uh, yeah, full disclaimer, it doesn't always work. It's not always perfect. And people still complain at times that they don't know about something, which is fair. It gives us room to improve. Even so if you've messaged okay. them five times, they'll still complain. Exactly. Like it doesn't, <laughs> at, at the moment, it doesn't really matter if you're sending out emails or messages. Yeah. There will always be someone that didn't get it. And obviously that happens, especially in, in bigger rounds. So we are aware of that. It's it's a continuous improvement. But yeah, we here consider a couple of different levels when communicating. First off, making sure we have management buy-in of everything that we are putting out there. Yeah. And this we do upfront. Then making sure our HR community is aware, especially in case we are developing something or working on a concept that could be rolled out soon and like a global e-learning that's going to be assigned for everyone mandatorily. This is always a big deal. So make sure you follow these steps before you actually assign, before you actually communicate. This is not really so much what we do, but just to give a, give a, a tangible example. So we, we make sure management is covered, HR is covered, and then we communicate to our community. For that, like I said, we use Teams, just a regular Teams post notifying everyone. We do our best to ensure that there's a, at least a weekly information post, whatever it is in the community to like create that awareness. There's something going on. I'm needed for this or that. There's a new update about this. So we make sure at least a, yeah, a weekly communication is there. And then we've also started, and this I think we started mid last year, a newsletter. And what was the reason behind the newsletter? On the one hand, I kind of really wanted to give it a try if I could do something like that. Yeah. And on the other hand, the main purpose of our newsletter was really to expand people's knowledge about a topic. So the way that we do it, we do it monthly. It always starts with an intro about the, the topic we're dedicating that newsletter to by our head of learning. So it's more of a, an overview. What do we understand by this? Why is this relevant? And then we deep dive into that topic. And last, we, we showcase like, what are we doing about it? Not just bringing the current trends. So for instance, our last one was about the LinkedIn learning report and trends for 2023. What are the trends? Give yeah. this overview. And then what are we doing about the trends? And for instance, this learning curation is important. So what are we doing about it? So we always try to map this. And then also is, is about sharing some of the best insights we have found during that month, be these articles, cool tools, resources, whatever it is. And then we also added one part that is contribution of the members of of the network, any recommendations that may have, and this can be anything, can be a video, can be a person that is worth following on LinkedIn, can be, I think we we had people also obviously suggesting podcasts. We even had a colleague that just suggested child children's books. What can you learn from children's books? So it's really open, anything that people feel like it may add value to the others. And this is what we put out there. And to be honest, when we started, I personally did not have high expectations for it. It was like, okay, let's start. Let's see where this leads us. But it's now actually very well praised and people like it and actually read it like the whole thing, which I'm I'm very surprised about. And we get feedback and maybe you could do an issue on this topic, like learning evaluation is always a topic, measuring the impact. So obviously there are some additional things we do, like we will even have one of these level up sessions dedicated to that topic, but we make sure that in our other communication channels that we're also top 
targeting the relevant topics and what can people do about them? What are others doing? And sometimes it's about sharing a very cool LinkedIn insight you saw. Brilliant. So yeah, this is a bit of what we do with regards to communication. Yeah, no, great. That sounds very solid in terms of in terms of strategy and not to not harassing people too much either. <laughs> yes, we, we have already an LMS doing that. So yeah. we try to <laughs> do not do so. it so much. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. This podcast is brought to you by AssembleU, the audio learning specialists. Adam here, co-founder of AssembleU. My cousin Rich and I started AssembleU in 2022 after finding we were doing a lot of our own personal development using podcasts and audiobooks. We loved audio as a format and wanted to combine the convenience of listening to something with formal outcome-driven learning that had real impact. The result is a power skills library that helps coach and guide listeners through critical topics like leadership, mental health, well-being, productivity, growth, sustainability, and diversity, equity, and inclusion. Each AssembleU audio lesson is succinct and backed by research and real-life experience. They all include additional learning aids, including downloadable keypoint infographics, further reading lists, and testing. Listen to some free samples or find out more about how AssembleU can support your bespoke audio requirements by visiting assembleu.com. So you, you you actually touched on the next thing I want to talk about there, which is which is impact and measuring that. How do you do it? I fully appreciate you're probably quite early stage on on the network mm -hmm. still, but how are you thinking about impact? And I guess with what you're doing as well, it's not just the impact on your immediate kind of customers, you and people in the business. It's also what's the I guess the long tail impact of of what you're doing by by mm -hmm. enabling them and the results. So have you started to measure and think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think we usually tend to over-engineer measuring impact, to be honest. Mm. I like to make it very simple and clear. And this is also my advice internally whenever we're putting any concept for learning. Is let's just break it down. What's the end goal? Very simple. If you want to reduce absenteeism with this, then just look at the absenteeism rates, right? Yeah. And and with this, it's it's pretty much the same. So if they don't need consultancy, then we've done a good job. Right. So at the end of the day, if I'm no longer needed. Then I did a good job because then it's it's all there. Obviously, not saying this is my end goal now to go lose my job, but it's just like you can focus on different things because your communities are already capable of uh, consulting then their business. So this is kind of where I personally would like to get that we get there. I think we're coming close. In the meantime, we are seeing some very positive results. On the one hand, learning is already known. People know what learning is and who are the people behind learning. So my colleague, the head of learning, his name is Jürgen Zog, by the way, I can also share that. But whenever he is in a meeting with high level people, everyone knows he's the learning guy. And if they have any topic, like the learning guy can help us. And this just being known by the organization already for us is a major improvement and that the organization somehow relies on us to solve whatever problem they may have. So that is already a progress. And like I said, to, to already have some of our people in the community driving things on their own. They, they're making use of the resources we are 
producing and making available and no longer needing that much support from our side with that regards, but instead just making the most out of working together. So I know this is not ideas, not uh, like we didn't increase engagement in 30% kind of measure. No, it's like small little things, but I really, and I truly believe this already goes a long way considering where we started when I first joined back in 2021. Yeah, I had a similar conversation with with somebody actually who, who basically said, there's always something you can measure in a business with regards to learning and development. The thing is not to overcomplicate it, pick the one or two things that you want to measure and find a way of measuring them. So it mm -hmm. can be as simple in the case that you're talking about as number of requests or number of meeting requests that your team gets now because the, the the kind of the network is taking care of itself and upskilling cross-skilling cross-training and they can find answers to their questions there without the need to to have you guys sort of intervene yeah yeah, yeah absolutely at the end of the day this is what we want a capable l d team and if we're providing the on the one hand the process on the other hand the platform and the people that can do that if they can manage on their own then we're good this is how i feel like we're having an impact yeah, big time, big time. Um, question on that. Have you integrated this into onboarding of new learning and talent staff? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yes. So you've made it part of the, like when somebody mm -hmm. joins, it's part of that kind of process. Yeah, there's a general, say, onboarding process for new HR because learning is connected to, to HR in our organization. And within that, there's one small part that we have about learning and that essentially either myself or one of my colleagues is going in and showcasing what is our strategy, where do we want to get with learning, where can they get connected, whom can they talk to, and yeah, they, they get that initial overview. And it's then very nice because usually when you do that and they're newbies, then, you know, they get really excited and they join all, all the meetings. And sometimes they also make up then for really value-add members that are also bringing insights and contributing. So even if that is not their main role, so it also has that power. Yeah, that's the time to get them, isn't it? When they're, when they're just started. <laughs> exactly. And they're, they're not too busy yet. So they, they yeah, exactly. kind of figure out what what topics they're more interested on and make the time for them. So they've yeah. not got a hundred teams meetings in their diary yet. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Out of interest, I just, this is a kind of curiosity. You, you're, you're using a, a blend of approaches in the, in the network. So you're doing some live in person, mm -hmm. you've got resources that people can find themselves. And you've also, you're also effectively doing like a social kind of learning where people can yeah. upload their own stuff. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of social learning, yes. Cool. A, a couple of different methods. Which of those is the most has been the most popular so far? Just out, out of interest, what's landing? What's landing best with your with your kind of audience? Yeah, for sure, the synchronous, just you know, be this open calls that we have sometimes on on the different tools that we have available. Yeah. Be it the level up sessions with external speakers; those are highly praised. Also, because we have colleagues from other sectors or even other areas joining us just because the communication goes and we always promote on LinkedIn. So sometimes even colleagues just find it out through LinkedIn and not through internal communication channels, which then cool. is also a topic. But yeah, I would say these two are usually what's, what's, yeah, what's, what gets most praised by, by the, the network. And then they always really 
appreciate our follow-up calls every two months that we're just giving a status update. So at the beginning of the year, we decide the strategy, focus topics, and then we're giving an update. You know, what are we doing? Who's working on what? Like if you want to jump in, if you have questions, if you want to know the current status, like all documents are open. So anyone can just go in and see what we're doing. So yeah, people are actually very fond of that transparency. Good, it's good. Yeah, I bet they are. So no, I don't want to like turn down a negative pathway here, but mm-hmm. I love asking about any hurdles or problems and things like that, because I think that's where we learn best, basically. Mm-hmm. So what were, were there any were there any big hurdles or issues you ran up against whilst trying to, to build this or push it out? And were there any novel solutions that you came up with? So I think the main issue, to be honest, was really at the time we were transitioning from project to whatever would come next approach. And I have to say, honestly speaking, there, there are not so many hurdles because as we didn't have anything before, people are just appreciative of whatever is coming. Now we get more demand, like you have to tackle this and you have to tackle that. But I see it as very positive because it's then people are engaged and they want something. And we keep on revisiting what we we already did like a year ago, because maybe we were missing something. But this just comes, you know, as we're getting more mature as a learning organization, then it comes. So to be honest, I wouldn't say we had too many hurdles. So from the beginning, as I said, my colleague being from communications, he's exquisite at leading with this topic. So he made sure we have buy-in from from management on all tiers that we are doing this, we are following this approach. And he just brings, just talks about this, this topic so lightly that then it doesn't seem like a big deal. So people don't put any constraints into it. And then you're already rolling, you're already there and people start to like, you start to get positive feedback. Sometimes there's there could be someone that, would have liked to be involved in something but didn't yeah but that's just getting people to understand how a network works and then they can jump in at any point and not necessarily us reaching out and asking them to join this or that so yeah no we we didn't had have many hurdles up until now i have to say it it has been quite a positive path and also yeah even if without hurdles, we still also grew a lot from it. Not only myself as a professional, but the the whole organization, I have to say. I I think now everyone just feels a bit safer in in what they're doing with a bit more certainty. Um, So yeah, that's... Yeah, they they have a place to go, somewhere to lean on. It's less of a, I have to work out how to do the best of my job. It's more like, right, I'm gonna... I'm going to exactly. go and visit this pooled resource and I'm going to pull knowledge from elsewhere in exactly. the company and the organization to achieve that. Exactly. It goes without saying, I mean, obviously we're a big organization. We're not doing this alone as a sector. Yeah. We have a group heavily involved and also all the other sectors. And when I mean learning organization, I really mean everyone. I think we've been doing, yeah, we've been involving all the hurdles are still coming <laughs> later on. I don't know. I think your point about getting people kind of conditioning people on how to be a part of a network that's a really important Mm -hmm. one isn't it so this isn't this is you get out you get out of it as much as you put in in a network scenario exactly if you contribute and you chip in and you're a part of it you're going to get a huge amount of value back rather than if everybody just sits on the edges and absorbs 
no, nobody nobody gets anywhere in a that, yeah, that's the whole, whole link kind of network isn't it so yeah that's that's really important i think that will be yeah it'd be great to it'd be great to hear how that develops over the coming years as well because i'm sure that'll be that'll be really a key part of the growth of this yeah i'm also very curious and looking forward to continuing collaborating there cool final question this is a question we ask everybody and it's a bit of a hypothetical but mm-hmm. if you were starting in a new company where learning engagement was low so maybe you're not this time maybe you're not uh, training the trainers as such but you've been brought in to to help address learning and development in a particular business engagement was low culture wasn't that great with regards to learning what would you do what's the first kind of things you'd look at mm-hmm. yeah so from from my personal experience i think it would be really important to look on what are we offering to the people and why don't they know is it yeah. they can't access is it that they don't have the time to the sponsoring from leadership but i would focus on these two because it doesn't matter really if you provide the time and your supervisor is very keen on supporting your development but if you don't have adequate content for you whatever that content is it can be a video can be a reading it can just be people having the time to talk to you If you don't have that, then it doesn't matter. Like people would not be engaged. So I would focus on having good content, be it internally developed or or just outsourcing that and making sure people have the time and can access the content and then take it from there. Because I wouldn't go ahead and do a, a very big communication or promotion if people cannot access. That's, that's the ground rule. Yeah. Make sure that it's there, it's accessible, it makes sense. And then you start communicating. And here, I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done is on this communication part, because everyone still, or not everyone, but a lot of people still think of learning as something that happens in a dedicated time and space. And like this now, I'm learning from you. And hopefully <laughs> you're also learning from me. I'm definitely you know? learning, yeah. <laughs> and this is kind of where I feel like we need to shift a bit The, the thinking process that you learn doing anything at any time, you know, it doesn't really matter. And it's about shifting that perspective on what is learning, making sure everyone is aware of the learning intricacies. And then I, I believe that you would have engagement given you have content, accessibility and time that people can explore that. So only then would I focus on, on communication and I would start with this mind shift. What is learning? Because I really <laughs> struggle with the training approach. Like really, yeah. I'd learn the least sitting in a room, listening to someone speaking. Like this is where I learned the least. Put me doing some activities. I would rather listen to a podcast or a YouTube video than having to be in a room with a bunch of other people, sometimes also not so interested, listening about a topic because we have very few people that can make that engaging. Yeah. Yeah, it's difficult to make it engaging and you're 100% right. And actually that isn't where a lot of people's, I guess, the, the kind of the aha moments that you get exactly. when maybe you're listening to an audiobook or podcast or you're watching something, a video that and part of it is just hyper relevant to a problem you're trying to solve and the, the penny exactly. drops. Yeah, I know exactly. Sometimes it's really like, I just need, like, take the Excel example. Like, if you don't know how to do something, everyone sends you to an Excel training of like 30 hours. And it's like, I just need this tiny little thing that a YouTube video of two minutes can teach me. And I have my haha moment. I can do it all the time. So it's really about also what I like to think that I, if I would go to a new environment, what I would try to focus on. Brilliant. Anna, thank you so much. If, if people want to follow what you're doing, where's the best place to do that on, on LinkedIn? 
Thank you, Adam. This was great. Yes, LinkedIn is great. I'm usually sharing everything we're doing, both at Continental and also in the L&D Shakers community. So make sure you follow and yeah. feel free to connect or reach out. Great. And a good, a good, a good shout out actually to the L&D Shakers as well. I think if you're in learning and development, then communities like L&D Shakers are brilliant. And you mentioned Offbeat earlier, and I'm a big fan of Offbeat yeah. as well. I'm, I'm on the newsletter and, and yeah, Lavidia and Co are putting together some, some great content. So definitely look at those places also. Yeah. Major shout out to Anna Maria and Lavinia. They're both super inspiring. So make sure you follow those communities. Yeah, yeah, big time. Cool. Anna, thank you so much. We've really enjoyed having you on today. And that's it for another episode, everybody. But we'll be back soon, I'm sure. But thank you, Anna, and goodbye. Thank you.